Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of On The Side. I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. My guest today is a fellow podcaster, editorial contributor, and a content creator. She's a social star, my friend and former first boss from the first job I had straight out of college. Her name is Jamie Stone. She's the founder of HonestlyJamie.com, a beauty, lifestyle, fashion, and pop culture blog, and the host of the A Little Too Much podcast. I love that name. (laughs) As a former beauty and fashion publicist turned social media expert turned blogger, Jamie spent years working in the PR and marketing side of the beauty industry to take her insider knowledge and start honestlyjamie.com, where she uses her former background and experience to share what's real and what's marketing so her readers can make informed decisions that work for them. And boy, are they loyal. And also, you guys can probably see right now how up my alley that actually is. So in addition to being the founder and editor of honestlyjamie.com, she contributes to major national publications, today.com, Women's Health Magazine, Refinery29.com, and has partnered with zillions of top brands, including Lancome, Neutrogena, Equinox, and more. She's been featured in People, Lucky, Shape, Stylecaster, Sugar, so many major news outlets and media outlets. Jamie and I actually haven't worked together since 2009, but she's always been such a supporter of mine through my career. And I've been so inspired by her whole trajectory, going from pitching media to becoming media and finding her own path when it comes to wellness and all things self-care through personal and professional hurdles. If you are currently experiencing the grief that comes with loss of a family member, a parent, if you've had a setback of any type, personal or professional, or if you're just feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all of that toxic positivity all over social media. We've got you. Today's episode is absolutely for you. So we get into the topic of self-care as it relates to grief, weight gain and weight loss in 2021, what the term body positivity really means, and why the phrase guilt-free is total bullshit. Full transparency and one on a personal note here, this episode is the first that I was able to record as a true free agent, so it was truly cathartic. I have thoughts. <laughs> and I think you will too after listening to this episode. So of course, feel free to share your feedback by writing a review, five stars, pretty please. And as always, reach me anytime, anywhere at JacquelineLondonRD, hashtag on the side pod. All right. I can't wait to hear what you think of this one. Again, this is potentially a trigger warning. If you have experienced any type of recent loss, I just want to let you know that that we really get into the weeds on that. So just an FYI, but I do think this was super cathartic for me, for Jamie. We cried, we laughed, we had a lot of 
good times. I mean, I want to say good times in the sense that there's definitely some dark moments and we, we hit some hard notes for both of us, but in the actual best possible way, it was truly cathartic. So I think you will enjoy it. Keep me posted and I'll see you on the other side. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. Okay, today's question is such a good one. What are a few small changes that someone could make in their diet that makes a big difference? Thanks. Ooh, thank you. All right, so let me start with some kind of big ones, some of the big buckets, and then we can kind of hone in on what about these makes them so significant. So the first thing that I say when I get a question that is like this, although I have to applaud this question, it's really awesome. The first place that I would start is to say more vegetables more often, all right? More produce more often. So more fruit, more veggies. It's really, honestly, in some ways, you guys, it's really that simple. If you think about making any meal that you're eating, no matter what type of cuisine you're actually having, whether you're dining at home or dining out, adding more produce to that plate, I'd say like slash it in half and consider what half of your meal would look like as vegetables and continue to pile that on. So I'm not saying take anything away. I'm saying like, think about that plus more. You're already on the right track to better long-term health overall, and also to weight loss or weight management, depending on where you're coming from, right? So more produce, more often, there are so many benefits to eating vegetables and fruit. I don't think I have to tell you guys that, but in general, I can't even tell you how impactful this has been when I work one-on-one with clients, with individuals, with groups, adding more produce to your plate. It's both, it's working twofold. It's displacing the um, foods you might be having otherwise, right? Like, did you just replace a steamed or sauteed broccoli for your tempura shrimp, Larissa? I think you did. And that's pretty fucking awesome. Okay. So think about, think about that when you're um, looking to build meals and snacks, whether you're at home or you're dining out. Next one is eat breakfast. (laughs) This is a very popular or very unpopular one, depending on who you are and where you're coming from. But I'm going to speak from research and research and practice on this one, which is that even if you got to split it up, even if you're eating lunch and maybe it's your first meal of the day, even if you're having last night's leftovers as your breakfast, I see you. And here's the deal. Having a first meal of the day helps just to provide a little bit of that sustenance (laughs) that can help you start filling up and staying energized. You know, this is one of those things that I have to say, like the research is kind of mixed on this one because there's a lot of questions about where the funding comes from for research on, you know, breakfast. Is it coming from big cereal or is it, you know, is it just that they're, the trials are too limited or too small in scope to really use that evidence as part of a practice? There's lots of mixed um, outcomes on this, but I will say that across the board in research, it definitely appears to be better for health and weight management overall to have eaten breakfast than to not have eaten it at all. All right. What that really translates into is that often we will find that many people burn more throughout the day when they start with a morning meal. So I think that's pretty powerful right there. But I have to say that as part of, you know, my practice as a dietitian, when I'm working with people and I find that they're either, you know, eating a teeny tiny little breakfast like, you know, coffee and a banana from Starbucks. I just got to eat it with one hand. 
We'll get to this. I promise we'll get to this. But I will say that getting people to or encouraging people to think more about, you know, kind of adding more bulk to that breakfast from protein-rich, fiber-filled foods can really help to start the day off on the right foot. It also starts to create a pattern of eating throughout the day that can help you stay more consistent, which is really my third tip. So eating consistently is huge, not skipping meals. And this is a big one because I know that we all do this sometimes, even me, and even without knowing it, right? But eating a meal or a snack about every three to four hours, which is the general benchmark I like to give, it can really help us to feel more energized, feel better, and also really take control of our health in a way that is actually meaningful to us. So I think a lot of us, and especially women, okay, and I say this as a loud and proud woman here, is that we all have this kind of tendency that's been a little bit ingrained in us to cut back earlier in the day right? Restrict, restrict, stave off, you know, save, right? And this backfires really just every single fucking time. It's the real root of why we wind up kicking ourselves for being, you know, incapable of avoiding late night snacking, or I'm so hungry, this can't be normal. These are things I hear in practice all the time. And the truth is they are totally normal and they are totally a side effect of not eating enough throughout the day. So start with breakfast and don't skip meals. All right, stay consistent and definitely combine protein and fiber at those meals. So every three to four hours, you're having something. I promise, even if you feel like, oh, like I just can't stop eating and I don't wanna start eating because I just can't stop once I do, I promise, try this. Try it a couple days, see how you feel. All right, you will naturally find yourself, I I have a really strong hunch, you're gonna naturally find yourself cutting back overall and not wanting to snack late at night in nearly the same way later on, okay? And then the last tip that I would give on this is to move more, Uh, just more. (laughs) Exercise and weight loss research is actually really tricky. So more lean body mass in general, the more muscle you have is really the only real way to change your actual metabolic rate. But overdoing it, on any activity, whether that's cardio or strength training, that can cause burnout, but it can also just make you feel hungrier, all right? So that's why I like the goal of just making it, you know, your personal mission to move more often by walking as much as you can, wherever you can, whenever you can. Go ahead, go take a walk right now, Patricia. (laughs) You're listening to a podcast, take a walk. While you're checking out Insta stories, while you're eating a snack, just kidding, kind of. Not really. Actually, that's a great idea. You know, while you're doing something else, I often find that giving the advice of taking a walk while you're going for FaceTime with someone who doesn't live in town or taking a walk and going a little bit further with your doggies, which I'm about to do after I finish recording this, while you're on a conference call, while you're on a personal call, while you're listening to this podcast or the audiobook of Dressing on the Side, shall I say, available wherever books are sold. <laughs> when you don't feel like working out, but you just want to get a coffee or an ice cream. I love that tip. I actually give that tip a lot, which is to consider going out for dessert, right? Because you're getting in a little bit of a walk, but you're also not feeling like, oh, I'm not sure if I can have ice cream in the house. You know, I know a lot of us who have yet to experience the freedom that comes with not skipping meals often feel like this. So think about it. When can you add more movement into your day in whatever way is possible and just start there? So more produce more often, more movement more often, stay consistent, don't skip meals, and start with breakfast. Those would be my main tips for the biggest results. Small tips, big results. I see you, Norma. You've got this. Stop skipping lunch, okay? Bob from accounting, he's got you covered over your lunch break, all right? Okay, guys, let's get back to the episode. 
Here we go. Jamie Stone, welcome to On The Side. I'm so excited about this. I literally have been looking forward to this all day. What's going on? I, I am so happy. Like, Jack, I'm just so honored that you thought of me, and I'm, I'm excited to be on the podcast. We got stuff to talk about. I mean, we yeah. got some serious stuff to talk about. And by serious, I mean some of it's serious, some of it definitely unserious. But, like, <laughs> I'm just so glad that you're here and that we can actually make this happen, especially with our time difference. Jamie's in L.A., and I'm in New York, so this feels like a match made in true heaven. Can we get to the meat of this, then? What about guilt fucking free. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your guilt-free garbage. Tell me, Ugh. Jamie, set us straight. Give us some real talk on guilt-free. Let's talk about it. So I, I, I'm on this, sto- I guess you can call it a soapbox. Yeah. Like it's, and, and who am I? I'm, I'm nobody no, in like the nutrition uh, world, but not true. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert in by any means. I'm just like, I'm a follower and I, I, yeah. I'm just naturally interested in learning about food and nutrition because I just think that like, it's just interesting yeah. stuff. And also the fact that it changes like every 10 years is like, what the fuck is happening? But, you, know, like, <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, you know what's really sick about it is that it really doesn't change every five to 10 years. And yet the marketing and the the copy and the way that we speak yes. about it, and that's what's really changing every five to 10 years. It's a sad thing. It's like sort of the only thing that's really fundamentally changed is when we finally looked further into research, which was already existing to say, oh, you know what? Foods that are also lean protein and actually, but have cholesterol because they come from an animal are not going to raise your blood level of cholesterol. Like that was like the only massive like new, but it wasn't even so new. Like if you were really looking at research, like it's just so crazy. I mean, you know, there's politics and everything. So it it stands, It, it really tracks with all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I was thinking like, even like the food pyramid in elementary school, I'm like, God, you don't need to eat dairy. I mean, go for it if you want to, but like, it's, it shouldn't be part of the food. I thought that was so weird because I've never been like a big dairy person. But well, sorry, you we know, you Kansas. know, it is the USDA food pyramid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, yes. dairy. Yeah. The Hello, farmers dairy. are like, how dare you? Yes. <laughs> I know. It's so corrupt. It really it's is. It's really like, it's interesting. I mean, it's fascinating. So yeah, I, because I think over the last couple of years, I've become very aware of like my issues with diet culture, mm-hmm. I guess you could yes. call it. Yeah. And, and being in LA, it's just exasperated, yeah. exasperated. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Exas- yeah. Exasperating. Yeah, right? Exasperating. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, now when I see certain things, I, I notice it a lot more. And there was a yeah. brand um, called Grabanzos that they make these really delicious uh, chocolate covered chickpeas. Ooh, and they're so, so good. I love, so they have milk chocolate and dark chocolate. And the, I think that the, the milk chocolate actually tastes better, okay. but I know go for dark chocolate. Oh no, I'm, like it, I'm here for milk over dark personally yeah. and, and it's, in life, because why are you eating dark chocolate for the antioxidants? You're getting them from other places. <laughs> Who's doing it? Like, what's the point? What would be the point of that? I know that, that tastes like chocolate that's a diet to me. Culture right. Yeah. No, I, I know. know, but I know, but I hear it. Yes. But I, I have had some good dark chocolate, but in this case, yeah. I do prefer the milk chocolate okay. on these cookies. But anyway, um, on their packaging, it said, like eat me guilt-free or something oh, like no. that. There was some phrasing yes, like that. Yeah. And you know, they're a small company and I didn't want to like blast them on social. So I, I was like, I really love these. This is my only issue with them. And they wrote back and they were like, we totally hear you. Like, obviously that was not our intention. And we don't want to like make, we don't want to contribute to like, you know, toxic diet yeah. culture or, you know, d- disordered eating or anything. And so they're like, you know, obviously we're a small company. We have to go through this run that we still have. Oh. But like, once we have to produce new stuff, like we're going to take it off. And they did. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's so awesome. And makes me I so was, proud, James. I can't believe I that I proud. didn't. Wait, I, and I totally missed this. This was like when I was like trying to got, shut. Got the WW points are under control. <laughs> I love it. 
that must have been what you sent me. Oh my God. Wait, I'm so proud of this. That's so exciting. It just felt nice to do something that might make somebody's day a little bit less shitty. Yes. Oh, (laughs) say that again for the people in the back. Yes. Yeah. It really did. And I think for anyone listening who doesn't understand it, it it comes from the fact that you should never feel guilty for eating food. And this whole like, when somebody's like, oh, you can have the fat-free potato chips guilt-free, it's like, but you can have regular potato chips and not feel guilty about exactly. it. And and I think we, we've been just warped by this toxic totally. wording that like some brands choose to use. And there's actually a brand called Eat Me Guilt-Free. That's their actual name. And they pitched me a couple of times. And um, you know, the first time I wrote back a really nice email and I was like, I literally linked them to articles from major websites talking about why the guilt-free term yeah. is really terrible. It, yeah. it really does promote disordered eating. Yeah. And they got it right back. And then when they pitched me the second time through the PR agency, I sent them the same email and the girl wrote back and was like, oh, thank you. Like, we'll take this to our client, blah, you know, whatever. It's yeah. probably a blow off. But right. I'm like, it's the literal name yeah. of your company. And like, they wanted to work with me in, in a sponsored content perspective. And I said, no. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. I mean, you're like, the thing that drives me nuts about it is that your food doesn't have feelings. So right. the idea that you can label your food guilt-free is just, is incorrect, inaccurate, complete, a little bit off. And then you're placing the word guilt in someone's mind who may or may not have ever been thinking that way. I just like, that's, I can't stand well, that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like, if, even if you don't feel guilty, then you might actually start being like, should I feel guilty? Should I be eating like the palmini pasta instead of regular exactly. pasta? Sure. If you want to, I love palmini. It's like, you've seen pictures of it in my cabinet, but, but I also eat regular pasta too. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I love that. No, it's totally true. I, I feel like there's a lot out there that does. I also, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, even though I am, I am the the biggest fan of some of the flavors of some of these companies. Like there's many companies out there that have that skinny something in the name. Mm. And I just, that drives me nuts too. Cause I'm like, again, something I wasn't thinking of. And now you've delivered yeah. it to me. Uh, like I, in, in the form of like a morning breakfast bagel, like whatever it is. I, I just like, no, I find I it to be like, uh, uh, both obnoxious and also curious that this is, that these are technically claims on product packaging are evaluated by the FDA. I mean, they don't have to, because they know that food doesn't have feelings. They don't have to take a stand on something like that. Right. So it's not like they're like, oh, you're lying about the vitamin D. No, like they're just like, okay, we don't have to weigh in on this, but, but yeah, but it's really interesting. I also feel like there's a lot of stuff like that happening in the world of social in general. Yeah. What are so what are yeah. some others you feel like you're seeing more of? Or at least like well, since in the last year and a half, like since the pandemic, I feel like there's some shifts. Yeah, no, I think and this could just be again because I'm getting super targeted for this stuff, but I, I think it's there's been a lot of information, especially on TikTok about like anti-diet culture. And you know, it's interesting because I'm like, I would never promote unhealthy lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, you know, I mean, I've shared that I have, I have high cholesterol. So like I now take Lipitor to like try to get that down so that hopefully one day, like when I'm older, I don't even have to take it. It'll just be down. Um, you know, somebody who's eating 10,000 calories a day, like that's probably not healthy. So it's like, I don't want to promote diet culture. You should like live your best life. But at the same time, like it should be your own version of like what's healthy. Yeah. And I think I've been seeing a lot of that on TikTok, which like is really that a cool. Lot. That's really yeah. cool. And really refreshing of like a live your own life sort of thing. I also feel like the pandemic, at least for me, like the experience of being in lockdown really shifted the being okay with, you know, like I, I mean, like something for me that like always was 
in the mindset of editorial food content creation is that you've got to have something actually very different for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks every single day of the week. And I feel like I've just kind of gone with the idea that I'm in a phase of XYZ. Like the like I'm in a massive phase of mochi right now, which is completely random. Oh. I don't know how that started, but I will <laughs> say like it literally, I couldn't have said anything more random. Like it, you'd think that I was about to say like, Nut butter, but no, like what? Mochi? Like it's not really like ubiquitous. But anyway, but just kind of going with that because it just makes it easier. I mean, like, like truth yeah. is that it's actually just easier to to just repeat meals if you feel like it or just eat however yeah. you feel. Like, I, I mean, I really feel like that's something that necessitating variety is not always the case. And long term, like you're not going to get a nutrient deficiency from like going through a food phase. Like it's sort of just mm, like the no. same with kid, you know, with kids, with adults, with anyone and everyone. So yeah. So I feel like that's really interesting. That's really interesting to know about TikTok also, because again, a content platform that I feel slightly afraid of, but desperate to try. It's time. No, Jackie, you would be so welcome there. <laughs> like you really, like, I really feel like you would just like kill it Okay, I'm because going. it's like, that is the, you're, you're like, everything you believe in is like exactly what I see yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. Just like, like, you know, eating, like, I guess almost like intuitively. Right. Or just, yeah. Like, like, don't like punishing yourself, you know, if yes. you have something quote unquote bad, even totally. though nothing's really bad. No. Like there's a lot of that. Yeah. In your, in your current work environment and your current professional environment of working with brands, what are you seeing as far as, or, or what's really your take on body positivity as a general movement? You know, because there's, there is the movement itself that is body positivity. And then there's the hashtag, which is always going to be something that comes with some, you know, unrelated trolling or, or some kind of, you know, whatever it is, disruption. But what's your take? What, what is your take on all of that? Yeah. I mean, I think like most of my clients are beauty. So it's, yeah. you know, it, the thing is like, they're not really like overly Photoshopping mm. things, you know, mostly the face because it's, it's beauty. So it's not yeah. so much like body yeah. stuff. It's mostly the face. So yeah, they're, I think they're being a little more cognizant of that and just making sure that things are like more authentic than yeah. I think they used to be in the past. I know I did a campaign with CBS beauty uh, during COVID. Mm. And when I submitted my content, they like before I signed the contract, it actually said like, you're not allowed to use any kind of filter. You can't Photoshop wow. yourself. The only thing we could do is we could adjust the lighting yeah. like for, you know, the, yeah. the, cause it sometimes it's like, you know, it gets a little dim or whatever. So you could like brighten the photo, but you couldn't do anything else. Like I had to sign a contract saying I wouldn't Photoshop myself, which That's awesome. I don't really do yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, yeah. If I have like a weird zit or like no, whatever, totally I'll, like, I'll, 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 I literally edited out lipstick on my teeth the other day and you got me thinking <laughs> about it with the spinach. Yes. No, I know. Like yeah. you need it for that sort of thing, but yeah, no, right. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. I'm not like changing the shape right. of my face or my body or anything right. like that. Cause yeah. I think so many people do that, that it really has affected everybody's self-esteem and totally. people are now starting to pick up on the fact that like, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I love the Kardashians, but I think that they have really warped a lot of young girls, especially their brains, because they yeah. don't really look like that. And I've seen them in person. They're stunning. Right. I mean, like, right. I would say probably even better looking in person, but like, <laughs> I'm sure if I saw one of them in a bikini, there might be some cellulite. You don't see right. that in the photos. Right. You know? Yeah. So what, but you mentioned this earlier about the difference between New York and LA. Like, what do you think is the real difference in, in that that shift of diet culture, whether, you know, whether you feel like there's more of a shift away from that in New York or versus LA, or like, what's the difference in the way people approach wellness slash eating well in, on both coasts? I think it's pretty toxic here. Yeah. That's my personal yeah. opinion. Interesting. As far, like there is, 
it's, it's almost like, it's like it, everyone is just expected to follow this like cult of wow. wellness, almost like, yeah. like goopy kind Beat of thing. The drum happening. of wellness, the yeah. wellness drum. Yeah. Oh. And wow. like, I remember I've gone to like events and they're like, would you like a green juice? I was like, I don't drink my vegetables. Right? <laughs> I just want to say, this is why I love Jamie because she literally <laughs> said that because I know the fact that you're repeating this to me is like, you said it. I know you said that. I love you I for that. I said it a little bit nicer. I didn't say it so snotty. I was like, oh, no thanks. Like I actually like, I don't really drink green juice because they're high in sugar and like I prefer to chew my vegetables. I like to chew. I, that's exactly what I thought. I appreciate yeah. that so much. Beat that drum instead. Okay, chew your chew your food, people. Yes. It's true. I mean, and they are high in sugar, right? That's what I've well, read. I've read that it's naturally. Yeah. So listen, like, yes, it's naturally occurring sugar, but it is, you've taken the good part of the veggies and you removed it. So all you're left with is naturally occurring sugar. So imagine how many, how many zillions of cucumbers had to die. So you could have this green juice. It's sort of like that. It's like, you're just leaving it with like the simple molecule. So you're not getting anything really solid out of it, but you're also by losing the fiber, you're also losing most of the other nutrients you might want to get from that juice. So like, usually, I mean, I always say this is like my little hack of like, I'll usually look at a nutrition facts. I want some of these. And the second you, without even looking at total sugar added, and without even looking at that, if you see zero next to vitamin A, vitamin C, zinc, whatever, whatever else is, whatever else, calcium, yeah. that's a huge one. Cause leafy green veggies are filled with calcium. So like if there's zero Ooh. calcium, that that's a big tell right there. It's not a smoothie, yeah. it's a juice and it's probably like just not worth it. Plus, it's it usually expensive. Good anyway. right? <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> it's usually kind of shitty tasting. Right. And then you're like, People what if I added be a Splenda healthy. to this? And it's, it's like, that probably wasn't the point. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of toxic I guess you could even call it toxic yeah. positivity yes. like in some ways. There's a lot of that here. And I also think back to like when in 2009, when I first moved here, um, I was, I gained a little weight the summer before I moved to LA. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't have a job and I just kind of was like drinking and doing whatever. So I gave me like 10 pounds, but it, like, I certainly was not anywhere near overweight and I'm much larger now. And people treated me like I was like morbidly obese. That's like, insane. How? It, it, I mean, you saw what I looked like um, when I, I, like right before I moved, like you know, I you like, are, well, you, you were then, and you still are a completely normal weight person, but that yeah. is nothing to do with it. And the fact that you were treated that way is just garbage. Like why, what, what, like, can you, can you give us some examples? I, you know, it would be like little comments like here and there. And like, even from my friends, like, I don't think they meant it negatively, but like, I was like being like a size, like eight, 10, and five foot six and like a 36 C was like large for here. And, and like, so I wasn't plus size. Right. But right. I wasn't like the skinny skinny. And I think it like threw people off and I would get these weird comments. Like one time, <laughs> one time I went to a bar class and this girl and I just started chatting and I had just gotten Invisalign and she, so she saw the brackets on my teeth yeah. and she was like, Oh, she's like asking about that. She was nice. And then all of a sudden she's like, look at you. Like you're fixing your teeth. You're here to lose a little weight. And I was like, <laughs> Excuse me? Right, excuse me. <laughs> oh God. That's horrifying. That's really horrifying. Like, it was so the, common. Who the whose fucking business is this? What I'm doing here at this bar class? It's mine and only mine. What is wrong with people? What is I, that? I mean, I, I also went to a party one time when I, again, like when I first moved here and mm. this guy like was like, you'd be really hot if you just, just lost like 10 or 15 No, pounds. he did just, not. Just a, no, yeah. he did not. 
You yeah. are fu- I'm laughing only because that is so horrifying that it's borderline unimaginable. Like, uh, that feels like something out of a movie from, like, actually the 1990s. Early 90s, though. Not even mid-90s. Yeah. Wow. Did you and, shove like, a drink in his face? Because I feel well, like I, I would I, be I got very def- I got very defensive. Yeah. And I said some mean stuff back to him that was actually pretty funny. And then I like (laughs) walked away and cried. And when some of the guys I knew saw that I was really upset, they like asked him to leave and then they got into a whole thing. So it ended up being like very dramatic, but yeah, (laughs) he got punched in the face actually. You know what? That guy deserves to get punched in the face. I I don't say that about everyone, but that guy deserves to get punched in the face. Wow. Well, you know what? That's actually a great ending. <laughs> I was not expecting that to end with a punch in the face because you know what? It should. I should expect that because fucking we always do this. Like this is such a female thing of like, you know, I would do the exact same thing. Actually, I don't think I would do. I wouldn't do the defensive part because I think I would be so shocked that it would take that it would literally take my breath away. And then I would just start to cry. So I would skip the defensive part and just go straight <laughs> to the crying. Like I, I just I'm so sorry that that happened. That really makes me sick. But I'm really, really that really does feel like a story with a happy ending. The fact that he got punched in the face is well-deserved. You know, I wrote, so I wrote about that actually in um, the print issue of Cosmo magazine a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. It was my first print issue that I, or that I got to write in and I was super proud of it. And so if if anything, that experience got me my first byline in a print magazine. So that was pretty cool actually. Okay. So, so perfect example of something that actually was completely shitty and really turned into absolute gold both by the end of the night. But you know what I'm proud of, James, is that I feel like I feel like like I was saying that that my initial reaction to feeling like somebody slapped me with words in some capacities, I just I feel like like it's actually like I can't catch my breath. And then it's it's straight to crying. And the fact that you like stood up for yourself and you you got to fit like because what is defensiveness in this case? Like you could have only said things that were just sort of like, what the fuck? No, I don't like, cause you said, and you probably said what you were really thinking out loud in the moment. And then this guy got punched in the face. Okay. So like he well, wouldn't, I'll, he might I'll not tell have. you what I said to him. Right. Yeah. So I said, I said, <laughs> let's hear it. Here we go. Well, first I tried to, I was like, you know, you just like ruined the fun. Like we're all here, like having, we were playing beer pong and like, we're all having fun. And like, even the guys were like, yeah, like that was over the line. Like, what are you doing? And then he was like, well, it's true. And I was like, and then that's what, you know, I was like, he could have apologized and I would have been like, fine, but he kept it going. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Like I probably could lose 10 or 15 pounds and like, I would look great, but you need like 10 grand of plastic surgery on your face. I can lose weight for free. I love you, Jamie Stone. (laughs) That's everything right there. That's everything right there. I'm so proud of that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know what? Sorry. Got to fight fire with fire sometimes. And I, I mean, listen, that that was an extreme example, but like, there are so many like underhanded little snippets here and there, like, you know, and then even when I did, like, I did lose weight. Um, I lost the, like, I lost, yeah, about 15 pounds, Mm -hmm. maybe like a year or so after I moved here by pretty much extreme dieting. I did, Mm -hmm. um, the Tim Ferriss slow carb (sighs) thing. Which, yeah. listen, yeah, it worked. Yeah, I felt amazing, but like it's just really not sustainable. And I yeah. realized that mentally it really fucked with me because I was just constantly thinking about food. Totally. Like that's really all I thought about Such because a side of the restrictiveness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the ultimate And that's when I think effect. I really developed my obsession with like weird yeah. food stuff because I. I had to think constantly ahead of like, well, if I go here, are they going to have food that I can eat yeah. like in this diet right. and all that stuff? And that, it really messed me up. 
but I, I did lose about 15, 17 pounds. And then when I would see people that I knew they like, they'd make them, you know, what they mm. thought was a compliment, but it, it really oh, perpetuated yeah. a lot of the stuff going on in my head. They'd be like, God, every time I see you just get skinnier and skinnier. Like you look so amazing as if I didn't look amazing before. Right. I can't stand this. I really, I I've started noticing this more and more because I feel like I, it's sort of like overheard. And the fact that it's often stated as a compliment is so ignorant of a, that exactly what you just described, which is the, the toxicity of this diet mindset that like sometimes takes hold. And then it's so hard to shake on its own, whether or not someone reinforced that behavior, like outside of you, it's already hard to shake. So like right there, but then there's the other side of it. That's like people lose and gain weight for so many different reasons that have nothing to do with trying the judgment call of the other person. And then the fact that you had the thought and then actually let it out of your mouth because you thought that that would be a compliment is another thing that I just think needs, deserves its own moment. Like what, like, that's what I mean by that. You have no idea really what's going on in somebody's life. So like the idea to say that is, is toxic from so many different angles. Like, I feel like it's just destructive a little bit. I agree. And I get where they're coming from too. You know, and I've had friends who lost like significant weight and it's like, you want to like be like encouraging and be like, you look great. But then I just know from my experience, I'm like, I'm careful about the way that I word it. So like, sometimes I'll be like, you look really healthy. Like you're like glowing, like you look good. Like, but, and I'll even say like, I don't want to like reinforce it because you looked great before too. So it's, it is, it's a tough situation. No, it really, it's such a tough situation because, you know, actually full circle, it brings me right back to the concept of body positivity, which I feel like I've been thinking a lot about because in theory, the concept, like in, in what the research says, like in what it was meant to be is really more closely aligned with the idea of body neutrality. But like, I feel like let's call it people positivity because like what what bothers me about the body part of the conversation is that it's reducing humans to just their physical presence like to just right. what they look like so like whether or not so like it's true that like you can feel in a certain moment like shitty about your stomach let's just pick a body let's get really specific like you're feeling shitty about your lower abs today the, the point is that like, that's okay. You're allowed to feel shitty sometimes about yeah. something that is physical, but is that all of you? Like, is that the only thing? Like once, once you can say like, yeah, today's a shit day for my thighs. Okay. What yep. else? But like, what else is going on and what else about me is awesome. And like, that sounds a little cheesy, but like the point being that like, we are full people. There's like these low key undertones of sexism to it. You know, that like, wi- yes. like, cause it really affects women more than men, like, the entire conversation around body positivity. But like, it's a little bit like accept yourself and like, you can do nothing about it because that would be anti, you know, accepting yourself. But like, that's not really it that's, either. Like it's, right. it's really about like the acceptance, but also the I'm more than this. So I don't always only have to accept this. I can feel kind of shitty, sit with the feeling of shittiness, but also know that there's more for me today. You know, I just talked about this. Actually, I did an IG live with Cassandra Bankson. Who's, um, she's a skin influencer that I've known for many years and she's so lovely. She's a former model and like has her own food stuff. And yeah. she just is very open about everything. And we actually talked about that because I've been very open about how I really do want to lose my grief weight. And she was like, and what she said, she's like, what I love about you, Jamie, is that you are like 
so positive in that world and your anti-diet culture and all of this, but like you you say that it's okay that like, I still want to lose weight. Like, because I don't feel like I'm my best self. It's not really about anybody else. Exactly. It's like how I feel. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, that's the thing is like, it's totally personal. So like what the idea I, and I, I reject the idea of like this acceptance of oneself as you are right now, all the time. Like that's just not right. possible. Like it's not, it's not really, it's, and it's not healthy to like, I don't think it's healthy to, to continuously see that everywhere either. Right. Is that mm-hmm. there, there, it's like a forced acceptance of, you know, I can't work on myself because what if that, you know, like that, that, that mentality is also sort of unfair to who we are. Like we're whole people. We're always evolving. Self-care is a thousand percent dynamic and also like nuanced. Like it's just not up to anybody else. It it had the word self in it from the beginning, you know? Yeah. I love that you said that there are going to be moments and we can't avoid them where you are going to hate certain things because I think, yeah, to your point, like it's unrealistic to pretend that everybody thinks that their body's perfect all the time. And I, I'm going to be honest, like last night I went to Craig's with my friend, which is this amazing Italian restaurant here in LA. I feel like I've read about this. Okay. I'm dying to go there. When I come to LA, Jane, we're going, we're going, Okay. Oh, we're going, but you have to give me advance notice because they book out pretty far in advance. (laughs) I'm not cool enough to like, just pop in like some people can, but maybe one day if I get TikTok. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We'll work on the TikTok. You do. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, their food is delicious. And like, I didn't, I ate like what I would call probably like 80, 20, right? Like I had their chicken Velasco, which is just Mm. like a grilled chicken with this like really good tequila sauce on it Mm -hmm. with brown rice and some veggies. And we each Mm -hmm. had a couple pieces of like their amazing bread. And then we split, um, their, uh, vegan chocolate ice cream. So like, it was like a hearty meal, but like, I was, I felt good about it. You know, yeah. I had two glasses of wine. Love it. Yeah. Love it. But like, let me tell you when I walked out, I caught, so the paparazzi were all like waiting out there. Cause they always are out there. And wow. I looked over at them and they were standing in front of this big glass window. And I caught a glimpse of like my side profile. And mm-hmm. I looked like I was pregnant. <laughs> like my stomach was out so bad, Jackie. And I like, of course, my first thought was like, oh, you're so fat. And then oh. I was like, you know what? I just ate a really delicious meal and I'm not going to do that to myself. Yes. I'm just not. Thank you. Jane, that's awesome. First of all, that right there is huge. That's awesome. It, oh, that that is huge. That, that is took me a huge. long time to get yes. to that place. <laughs> yes. You enjoyed that meal. And also, let's just talk about the effort that went into that meal, which included waiting for the reservation, <laughs> waiting for yes. a reservation to get into this amazing restaurant and you enjoyed everybody. It sounds delicious and it sounds heavenly. And that's what I'm saying. Like you're allowed to feel like that. And the fact that that thought no longer has the power over you to be like, I'm trapping you and I'm taking you down with me tonight. Like that you got to the point of being like, you know what? No, this was awesome for totally, for reasons that have nothing to do with how I feel about this body part right now, you know, like, but, yep. but you're allowed to have that thought. I think taking, like removing that thought from the conversation is like what creates a little bit of this toxic positivity culture yes. that like is currently online to some extent. I mean, to your point, like it's, it's happening, like the anti that is happening other places, but I feel like sometimes that's, that's a lot of like the overwhelming conversation. Yeah. And if somebody else you should have on here would yeah. be wonderful. I don't know her personally, but she's like a friend of a friend. Um, and I follow her on Instagram is Rach Martino. Okay. She is amazing. She like, she's a fashion and uh, beauty, I would say like influencer. She has a huge following on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And I've been following her for a while because I thought she was just like super fun. She's like yeah. 10 years younger than me. I feel like I'm like her fucking grandma, <laughs> but you know, like it's, it is really funny. And interestingly, so she like, 
was always, she's very super active. She works out a lot. She did like paleo a couple times or like not paleo, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the whole, the whole 30 mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but she'd only do it for the, you know, temporarily. So it was fine. And then over COVID she gained about 25 pounds mm-hmm. and she looks great. Like she is kind of like my, what I want to like my, I mean, she's much shorter than I am, but I'm like, you are like my goal weight girl. Right. Like that is like, <laughs> but like for her, like she's 25 pounds over what she's normally used to. And she talks about it openly. She is like, I love my body. I think I look mm. great. My boobs are bigger. I ha- like, I have bigger butt. Like I look fantastic. And she's like, her whole thing is I'm my biggest hype girl. And oh. that's what it like. She's just that. such an inspiration, like to me, especially who's someone who struggles with that. Like, I'm like, yeah. this is somebody who I think probably was super focused. And again, I don't know her, but she was super focused on like being really fit. And she did like, I mean, she was teeny tiny mm-hmm. and she gained 25 pounds, but she still looks amazing. Like she is beautiful and gorgeous. And she's, I think it's cool that she's accepted herself being a little bit bigger because I think that doesn't happen very often in like our world. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just thinking about like one of these like tropes that gets tossed around in this sort of industry a little bit, which is like, be your own cheerleader. And you want to know what? Cheerleader is a little bit like the guilt-free for a lot of people, right? Yep. <laughs> like the word cheerleader, like, what do I need to get that image? I just feel like that image alone is a little bit like alienating. Like, first of all, I didn't, I, I grew up in, in the city, like we, we didn't have yeah, that. Didn't like have we didn't that. have cheerleaders. Like, I don't know what that is. So like, <laughs> I was a cheerleader, but right, only, like, for I basketball. only saw it on movies. Like I saw it, it was like in a movie for me. So it's but a I little love, condescending. Yeah, it's a little condescending. It's like, what if you're just your own, your own best advocate, hype girl, hype girl, yeah. hype girl best advocate, personal advocate, personal, you know, defense attorney, <laughs> just to make it yeah. really hardcore sounding. But you know what's cool too is she's posted content where she's like having what she called like a bad self-esteem day and like she tried on a pair of her older jeans and she couldn't button them and she was crying and it was so vulnerable and so relatable I think for so many of us and it just made me really respect her and I just yeah so anyone listening follow her for sure I mean that's awesome I want to be her friend tell her reaching out to her and I'll tell her to be friends with you I mean (laughs) that's like I'm gonna go find you girl yeah call us. Um, no, I, I really, like, I really appreciate that. I really feel like more imagery and by imagery, I mean, I, I, let me, let me rephrase that more content that is real. And, and I wish that there was a better word because I feel like authentic has become one of those trope words that gets thrown around so much that it's a little bit like, what does that mean anymore? Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it means to be authentic. Other than that, I will tell you this much is that when I woke up today, after yesterday of feeling like I could actually speak authentically about real science, but for yeah. real life, I felt like, well, I don't know what that word means anymore, but like, I know what actually being myself feels like. And I feel like that right now, you know, like I, I just felt oh, like so what a new way you. to yeah. feel like what, how, to, how to wake up in the morning, feeling like yourself, like yeah. <laughs> ultimately, but like, and not the best version of myself, like in some kind of tropey way, but like a real version of yourself that like, and then yep. once you know what's real, then you can work with it. Right. Like then, <laughs> then like you can only yeah. go further from there, but like, you can't, unless you're just like, really feel like myself. Cool. Like it was just, just like a weird yeah. way to notice. Yeah. I think that big things are going to happen for you. I think you're meant to help people in like a really big way. And this podcast is, is going to, it's going to be that I think. And I think you still need to get on TikTok. That's my personal I got to get on but. TikTok. I also do <laughs> what happened. I got to tell you this. So what happens to me when I get on TikTok is that I open the app and then I go down a rabbit hole and then I've lost two hours and I'm a little bit like, where <laughs> <Yeah>. am I? <laughs> this is why, Wait, this is I, really why. Yeah. Like it, it, Jackie, I who get, can do any so of that. Yeah. TikTok has 
this video that pops up. Do you get that? Wait, no. Where it's like you, it's so I get it all, almost every day. Like, so if you scroll for a certain amount of time, it'll pop up and it's like, it's, it's actually really cool. They do this. It, it'll be like, Hey, you, you've been scrolling for a long time. Maybe like get some sleep, like oh my God. relax, come back tomorrow. Like it basically tells me to get the fuck off the app. Right. Cause they've been on for too long <laughs> in a really nice way. You know, I have not gotten that video. What I was going to say is that like, I've got the thing where like it just starts right away when you open the app and then you're like, Oh, uh, here I go. Goodbye yeah. time. I'll see you never. <laughs> just, well, it sounds like you're not as addicted as I am. I've so like limited it. You know, like it's, yeah. it's been a little, I got to get back into it. Now it's time. It's time. The time has come. Yeah. Hey everyone, quick note from yours truly, the host of the On The Side podcast. It's me, Jackie London. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this and for starting this journey with me. I am brand new to the podcasting space and I would love to get the word out there about the On The Side podcast. I'm so loving doing this. I am enjoying it more than anything else. And I love hearing from interesting guests and answering your questions. So if you're enjoying it too, please, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your social media platform and tag me at Jacqueline London RD. You can also, if you're not on social media and you're listening to this right now, then please take a screenshot and share the link to the episode wherever you're getting your podcasts and share it with three friends. How about that? Just three, maybe three family members, maybe just three people, you know, who might learn something new or feel like they're inspired to start sharing this a little bit more. I would love to get the word out there about the podcast and I would really, really love your help in doing so. So please go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share your feedback with me. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear what you think and what you're loving so far and what you'd love to hear more of. You can reach me on any social media platform at Jacqueline London RD, or you can email me info at JacquelineLondonRD.com. And I can't wait to hear from you and hear your thoughts so far. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right. So Jane, not to take up your entire day, I have two, we got a couple more things we got to get to, but this is what okay. I really want you to share with listeners okay. everywhere is I feel like you have really been through it. You've really been through it from the standpoint of you moved across the country. You've had multiple experiences with grief for someone who is a young person to like have to undergo some of these like major life milestones. I want you to, to whatever extent that you're comfortable sharing with us some of that, yeah. I want, I want you to, and feel, feel free to, you know, tell me to shut up, but also, no, no. but also like some of the things that you have learned about resilience, like if you have a few thoughts on that, like, is there, is there anything that comes from some of these really dark bullshit moments in time that, you know, that I also feel like I have experienced to some degree that like, it, it just feels like there's, I'm always looking for like the purpose, like the moment. And I don't feel, I personally don't feel like my grief experience has been one where I know exactly, you know, I'm, I can really make meaning out of some of that. I feel like I'm still waiting yeah. for that, but I also can recognize that like maybe making meaning is sort of a thing people say. I don't know. What's your take on that? No, I mean, well, first of all, and I, yeah, when I found out about your dad, I was so upset because I know how close you were with him. And I think that it happened around the same time as my yes, dad. So it was I, like that, within yeah. a couple of weeks, I feel like. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. So I, I'm sorry for your loss yeah. too. That's it's, it's terrible. It really is. Um, so yeah, I, I 
didn't realize this until I started taking, uh, well, not taking, I started going to grief therapy or grief mm. counseling sessions, okay. which has helped me enormously, especially with COVID, because even like all of us have been grieving because of COVID. A thousand percent. And it's, to at every so level, right. A yeah. thousand percent. You're grieving the life you had before. Right. You're grieving not seeing your family and friends. Like there's so much, it's so much deeper than I think people even realize. Um, so the timing of that, like just really worked out for me. Totally. <laughs> I and I do like virtual sessions with her. She actually lives in um, Washington state. So, or Oregon, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, I right. should know. I, um, Pacific Northwest, amazing. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere up there, but you know, it doesn't matter because we're on Zoom. Right, um, right. It's like we could all be anywhere. It's true. Yeah. yeah. But so she alerted me to the fact that I have been grieving since I was six years old because that's mm-hmm. when I had my first big family loss. My grandmother died when I was six, very suddenly of mm-hmm. um, skin cancer that moved into her lungs. Yeah. And you know, she was 60, she was very young and it was really hard on my family, my mom, especially that I have a theory, like that is a big part of the reason why my mom wanted to divorce my dad, because she just had like, kind of like a breakdown after losing her mom. Yeah. So I had to grieve my grandmother. Then I grieved my parents' marriage. Right. Then yeah. my other, my other grandmother died about a year later. Also very suddenly she had, a, we believe a heart attack. Mm. So that happened. Um, I never met my dad's dad. He died before I died. Actually, of very similar to what my dad passed away from. Heart disease runs deep in my family. Oof, um, yeah. So that's why I'm also very aware of like you know my my cholesterol yeah. and like making sure everything's okay because genetically I am predispositioned. Like I could eat, I could be the best eater, the skinniest, exactly. the most athletic. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's so important, and I think you taking you taking the step to take a medication that you actually need is totally totally worthwhile. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then fast forward my senior year of high school, my grandfather, who was my only grandparent left Mm. had he passed away of lymphoma. Um, and you know, that was really hard because he was my only grandparent and, um, and he died when I was 17. So God, I'm like getting emotional. It's it's just a lot. My, my aunt Susan also passed away when I was in middle school of cancer, (sighs) skin cancer. She was dead within six months of her diagnosis. It was, so there's just been a lot of loss at a very young age. Yeah. Um, It's really, it's like all at once. And it feels like it's all at once when you think about it, because like now we have the perspective, like now as adults, we have a little more perspective on the idea of like, God, it's within such a short span of time in your lifetime. Like, it's just so crazy to think about in that way. But it's so true. Amira, my grief counselor, like wrote it all down and wrote like the ages down. She was like, you've had like a major loss, like every one to two years of your life. Wow. Like, and you, yeah, like if you count like all the aunts and uncles I've lost, who I'm super, I've always been close with my family, like especially the ones who have unfortunately have passed. Right. You right. Know? So it's losing all these people. Um, but I never really did the math on that. And so fast forward 2016, um, my sister overdosed on prescription op- opioids. It was an accident. She had a long standing addiction issue, mostly with opioid pills, um, which obviously is a huge epidemic in this country and something that people don't really talk about enough. It's gotten worse during COVID. More more people are overdosing on opioids than ever before um, because there's a lot of isolation that I think happened during that time. So much isolation. And and it feels like, you know, like hearing that story, it's like so unbelievably gut-wrenching and painful. And the isolation that I feel like that that scale of like being that isolated and then knowing other people are isolated but then feeling this this entrapment of like a but but I'm beholden to this addiction is like it's really really challenging to navigate yeah. as a loved one but you know and of course for your sister like I can you know it's it's so much and it's so overwhelming and it's really hard 
to wrap your head around, but yeah. Well, I will say I've thought a lot, you know, she died in 2016. So it was obviously before COVID. And I thought about all the time during COVID. I'm so happy that my sister is not here for this because she would have not handled it very well. She would have definitely gotten COVID (laughs) probably in like April, 2020, that bitch would have been in the hospital. So like, I can laugh about it now because I'm just like, that's so Melissa. She just, you know, she was my little sister. I, you know, I miss her so much obviously, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think, um, to your point earlier, I, I'm a big believer in like psychics and mediums and all of that. And they all, they all told me, I mean, especially medium Fleur who I've had on my podcast and is like legit amazing. Um, she told me when Melissa died that she's like, you're going to take this and you're going to do something really meaningful with it. And she's like, I don't really know what it is. It could be like a book. It could be something else, but like, it's, you're going to do something. And so I've been talking about it a lot, like on podcasts and on my own podcast, just about grief in general. So I'm like kind of going in that direction again, same as you. I'm not really sure like what the meaning is there, but all I know is that I'm talking about it because the feedback that I get from my Instagram followers, especially is that they are, it's, it's nice. And it's comforting to see that somebody openly talks about it because everybody grieves in some way. Maybe not everybody has lost a sister and a father, but you know, it's extreme, but there's everybody grieves and it's not commonly talked about. No, for whatever reason. No, it's not. And I remember, I mean, I remember, I, I still feel this way. I don't know why I'm talking about it in the past tense feeling this way of, so when my dad died, I was 32 and I felt, first of all, I'm the only person besides you, like in my thirties who I knew that had lost a parent. Like, and that I feel like to some extent is rare, but it's actually not that rare. And the fact that we don't necessarily know that about each other or like have the ability or that I feel I have felt like to your point before about what it's like when someone says to you like, oh my God, you look so amazing. Like you, how much weight did you lose? Or some, some kind of nonsense. It's the same when I, when like, sometimes you'll get asked the question, like if I make a mention of my family and somebody's like, are your parents still in the city? And that, that like puts it on me then to say, my mom lives in the city and my dad died in 2018. And like the fact that I then have to have my own whole grief experience go like, and that, that, like my dad is so much a part of me and my my relationship with him is so much a part of like everything that I do and everything I want to do in the future that like it doesn't break me like it used to. But but at first that was so challenging just to be like, OK, I know you meant I know you were coming from somewhere good. Like, yeah. I totally know that. But like, wow, you just knocked the wind out of me today or like so. So what I what I, what I love about you so much and appreciate about you so much is that that realness though, like I was just talking about my dad this morning. I talk about him all the time because I feel like having him in the conversation and doing what you're doing on Instagram about like being able to share stories and to also talk really candidly. And like, like this is not a Hallmark movie. Like your sister was (laughs) a full person is, and will always be that person to you. And so like, talking about her, like, like when you say that about it, she would have totally, totally gotten COVID. It's like, you're like, like, that's the real talk. It's like, it makes you laugh. It's so it's like, it's like the gives the character of who that person is for other people that have never met her. And I feel like, God, what a gift, you know, like that's really a gift is like to be able to actually laugh and say, I'm like trying to use my dad's humor all the time. Turns out it's not actually, it was very dad jokey. So like, it's not actually that funny. <laughs> like, so like some, in some cases, in some cases, but yeah, no, I, I love that so much. I love that you're able to bring it's, her and in and bring you your dad should. in. And, yeah. and it, listen, it, it does take a while to get to that point. I mean, even like to your, when you were saying earlier about people bringing it up, 
um, you know, after Melissa died, I like waited a while. I, you know, I, I'm not like huge into dating because it's just, it became just like an emotional suck. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't have the energy for it. But I was very nervous when I started going on dates because I was like, you know, the first thing somebody asks you is, oh, do you have any siblings? Oh God, and, I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's another and then you have to be one. like, well, I, yes. Or I, I never know what to say. I'm like, well, I did, or yes, I do. But she like, it, yeah. it, it's weird. Like the tense. And then you also get in your head too. Like, should I say not anymore? Like, is that insulting? Right. Like, I, it, There's like a lot of weird verbiage that happens that can, it's confusing. And you can also tell by the way somebody reacts when you tell them something like that, if they have suffered a major loss, Absolutely because true. It, it's so fascinating. Like I, I went on a date actually right before my dad died and the guy I went on a date with had lost his father. And when wow. I, he asked me about if I have any siblings and I said like, Oh yes, um, I had one sister, but she passed away. He was like, Oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. Like I lost my dad. I totally get like how that feels. But then if somebody hasn't yeah. had that experience, they get really uncomfortable. Yes. They'll be like, Oh, sorry. I brought, Ooh, uh, well anyway. And I'm like, no, no, not anyway. Right. Excuse like, you. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Excuse me. No, anyway, anyway, you're getting the door. Like goodbye. Yeah. I'm leaving. See ya. What? Like this is a part of my life and like I, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but like you did, and like now we're talking about it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, that's the acceptance, right? Like that's the like you brought it up. I didn't say anything. I wasn't offering up my family tree to you. I didn't tell you that what my blood type is. <laughs> but like, yeah, like here we are. Like, so now you're gonna handle it. It's not really my problem anymore. But it's it's hard. It's like hard for to be you or me and be like, it's not my problem anymore. You know, like it, I that like nuance shift. So like even though you know that in your head to like feel like do that stuff in the moment, but not even in the moment, but like right after, or like when it's still really that raw is nearly, it feels like nearly impossible. I I totally hear that. I totally hear that. But you're told you're so right that it speaks. It says everything about like to have a completely inappropriate reaction is, is really says everything about the person. So it's kind of a good filter. It's bizarre. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, and then once my dad passed away, like three years later, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, now I really can't do this. Cause then it's like, <laughs> can yeah. you imagine being like, yeah, no. like, where do your parents live? Well, my dad's yep. dead. Yeah. Any siblings? She's dead. <laughs> like, I'm like the Ooh, grim reaper. Right. <laughs> Don't date me. You'll probably die too. <laughs> I have to laugh. You're like, are you gonna laugh? Because you're like, how do I present this one? Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> they probably think I'm a serial killer, <laughs> like Dexter. <laughs> you're like, well. Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> I was born, you know, like, and then you're like, okay, well, maybe you do need a family. Maybe you need like one of those pocket family trees, and you're like, and then you just like, <laughs> just like a line. To, you're like, all right, no longer on this planet, but with me forever. How about you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh god. And do you? Like by the way, do you find yourself like I literally since my dad passed, I find myself becoming so much more like him. I think he plays like a thousand percent. Oh. I th- one like with thousand percent. Things. Yes. Like I'll like leave a light on, which he yeah. always used to scream at me when I was younger about leaving yeah. the lights on. Yeah. And like I'll do that now. And I'm like, oh gotta turn the light off. And like I literally can hear him like, going, like he's chuckling. He's right. like, look, I told you to turn the light off. <laughs> like I can <laughs> it's like stupid stuff like that. <laughs> One thousand percent. I, I see it. I Interesting. I see it a lot with food. Like he would he might have loved to eat stuff out of like this enormous, like glass salad bowl like he would like put like anything doesn't matter what he was eating but it would like come in the glass salad bowl or like there was a time I want to say this was like the early 90s that it was like a me- you know that metal it was sort of it was definitely a mixing bowl let's just call a spade a spade yeah. it was definitely a mixing bowl it was not meant for salad <laughs> or anything else <laughs> for that matter but like like now I'm like and he would eat it like standing in the kitchen and like 
I literally, I do that probably once a day. Like, and then I'm like finding myself like, oh yeah, okay. I should probably sit because my feet hurt. Like what, (laughs) you know, like there's just like that moment, but then also that wanting to honor it and, and also be like, yeah, I am going to stand and eat this from a salad bowl, even though it's a pizza makes no sense. Why is it in a bowl? But it, it makes you probably think of him <laughs> right. and like, it's a nice, it's a nice exactly. moment. I, exactly. Those, yeah. I love but that it can, stuff. It gets hard too. I'm sure you like, as you can attest to, it's like, there are times when like, I'll still be like, Oh, I have to tell dad that me too. Like, I did it. I do it so hard. I, <laughs> I did it this morning. I literally did it this Ugh. morning. I feel <laughs> I literally went to text him something. And, and especially like in the last 24 hours, like all I wanted to do was talk to my dad. Like I just yeah. wanted him and I just wanted to hear him be like, like say the stuff that he would always say. And I, I, the only thing that, that like really felt like it kept me going is that I could hear exactly what he would yes. say. And I could hear it in his voice. Like I know exactly what he would say about this, but I feel that, I feel that so much. I want to text, like I go to text him all the time. Also, my dad did not really, I don't know if your dad was like this, but like he really wanted Actually, no, he didn't want to. He he really couldn't text. Like, <laughs> like I, I like think that maybe like like I, and I still look at it sometimes. It's like our text history, which was very yeah. um, short on his end, but heavy on the emoji game of random <laughs> shapes. <laughs> Ran, like once I taught him one time to find like a unicorn, and then it was like yeah. unicorns over and over again for like it literally it's oh, like I random but it. they're all random they don't go together there's like a j in the middle and you're like how did that get in here like it's just it really it gives like the picture of like his true sense of humor which was like i don't really know how to do this but i'm gonna put an emoji <laughs> here <laughs> no my my dad was a pretty good texter but he did not like being in a group text with me and my mom i hear that yeah mm-hmm. and i like he was like he didn't know how to you know and an eye off when you can remove yourself but he, i wasn't going to tell him that he could do that right. he didn't know right and so he would just constantly be like take me off of this chain and i'd be like no no you are not getting unsubscribed i'm sorry <laughs> nope <laughs> i love you text that too much i'm like no you and no, i sound like an annoying right? like emoji or like a GIF or whatever. GIF, I never know which one it is. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, like, right. It's like, like missing my dad also. It's like sort of like the things that can come after that sentence. Missing my dad also includes the fact that um, he sort of missed the the boat on the bit emoji. Like I could see myself setting oh, that up yeah. for him. Not that that's yeah. really that fun to use, but I feel like he would have been funny about it, about having it. It sounds like he would have loved <laughs> yeah, it. He would have sent you like the weird one. He wouldn't ones. know how to get yeah. it into the text yeah. box. But like once he did it a couple times, like that would have done it. Oh, <laughs> oh God, it's amazing. I, I love this conversation with you because I feel like it's, you are so right about what you said about people who get it, get it. And that it's hard. And I, and because you don't wish it on anyone ever, no. but like having this and like having you in my life to like, also be able to, to be really honest about it and to be really open about it. And also to remember that like people are their whole people, even when they're not here, so they can be hilarious. And you can also make jokes at their expense. And the only yeah. good thing is that they're not here to rebut them. Okay. That's it. Oh my God. On Monday, this is so funny that you said yeah. that because you can see my kitchen behind me. Yeah. You see like yeah. these two cabinets. The one that's like the flat like this. Yeah. So that one, this the little like spring is broken and I refuse to let anybody in here during COVID because, you know, yeah. I'm like not letting anybody yeah. in for obvious reasons. And so it's been broken pretty much all COVID and occasionally it will just open by itself. Like, wow. I don't know. It's so weird. And like, the thing is I can see if it's broken. So it's not like scary, but I was on a Zoom with two of my college friends and all of a sudden it just opened and my friend Christiana goes, I think you have a ghost because she just sees the cabinet open behind me. And I was like, and I told her the whole story. I was like, yeah, but you know what? If it is a ghost, like it's definitely my sister. Cause that's some shit she knows right. would like exactly. make me crazy. 
Like, just like the whole, like, cause every time I wake up in the morning, the fucking cabinet's right. open and I'm like, damn it. God damn it, <laughs> Melissa, why? Like, you're just doing this to annoy me, aren't you? <laughs> I swear it. she stole my tweezers one time. Like, and I've heard that spirits um, <laughs> will sometimes hide objects. Right, that makes sense. To play pranks. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, Jackie, like, I swear to God, I think she really did because, so I have this one pair of tweezers that I love. They're like the really pointy ones yeah, that get like all too. the tiny totally. little hairs. Yeah. Yeah. And I always keep them in the same spot. I have since moved them into a drawer, but like, I used to keep them right on my little shelf in my bathroom. And one day I went in there and I was like, it's weird. Where are my tweezers? And my bathroom is not very big and it's all white. So you can see things pretty clearly. Right. So like, I'm like, maybe, it, maybe it dropped or whatever. So I'm like looking behind the sink. I look behind the trash can. I'm like, where is it? Missing for a full week. No. I'm like, maybe I threw them out by accident. Like, I don't know. Then they show up out of nowhere. No. Where were they? Right back. Right no. back in that spot. Oh my God. No one was in crazy. my apartment. This is during COVID. Right? Like, that's crazy stuff. Yeah, no, she did it. That's totally her. She fucking took them. She fucking I took them. Damn it. I you know. know what? At least she gave them back. Like, that's the thing. Like, she gave them back. So ultimately, it's a good story. Like, but I know. Yeah. But I would be like, all right, when you're ready, I'll take my tweezers anytime. <laughs> Like that's it. And it was ready. just extra funny because I feel like she would, if she was here, like, you know, alive, she would probably want to use those totally. tweezers because they're that's so it. good. Yeah. And then she, yeah. So I'm like, I'm sure you weren't tweezing your ghost eyebrows, right. but like, <laughs> I, it, I don't know why she did it. It was the weirdest thing. She's never done that before. At least not that I've noticed. Just to remind but it was like, you. Just to be like, so I'm bizarre. here, bitch. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh my God, Jame. I want to keep you forever, but just to, know, just to give you back, to give you back to the university. Okay. Here's what I want to know. Best piece of career advice you ever received and worst piece of career advice you ever received. Go. Ooh, Tell us. Good questions. Um, the best piece of career advice I would say is to never settle yeah. for a job. You know, and I think as women, especially yes. we are just trained almost subconsciously yes. to settle. And in my earlier days of career, I definitely like, like when I first moved to LA, I took this job that it was a significant pay cut from CMM, our, yeah, our last job yeah. together in New York. And I took it, I feel like I got kind of tricked into it. She was like, oh, well, I'll give you a raise and an, an assistant. I was like, yeah, because I had, oh, I had I an assistant. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a weird thing. And it like never happened. She never, gave, and it was just like really weird. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I settled for this job. Totally. Like I don't even have it on my resume because it was such a terrible experience. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like what's even the point? So, yeah. Don't yeah, settle. I'm like, I have nothing good to say about you. And she tried to like seal my paycheck. Like it was it's really so strange. Weird. I threatened to sue her. It was like a hot mess. And I feel like I'm like, I got myself into this because I settled for that job. Totally. And so I, like, I don't think I would do that at this point unless I was like actually desperate where I couldn't like feed myself or pay my rent. Right. Like that's different. Right. But, like when you have options and you have some money saved, um, or if you're like at a current job, that's not making you completely miserable miserable and you're just kind of like looking for something new, I would say never settle. If, if it's not the perfect scenario for you, then yeah. don't take it. Yeah. God, that's such good advice. That really is such good advice because, and you're totally right, because I, I feel like the sort of saying uncle part is hard to know. And like to your point about the, like, if you really need the money, but then if you really need the money, then you're much more likely to go in eyes open of like a, this is a bridge to my next thing. But if you know right. that it's like something that you're like, I'll try this and see if I like it. There's a phase of, of one's own career. I really feel like where you're like, if it's not, if it smells like it's not right for you and it looks like it's not right for you, it's probably not right for you. And like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like it's, it's just like such a good point. What about the worst advice. So it kind of goes similar to that. Yeah. The worst advice was, was 
actually like from, I think older people, like in our parents' mm-hmm. generation was that you should stay at every job for at least one year. Oh yeah. What, what was that, that about? That is yeah. actual horseshit. <laughs> That's horseshit like, is right. I, yeah. I get it because I think back then maybe that was true. Um, but now, and I just had this conversation with a friend cause she actually did that because she listened to her parents and I was like, I didn't like, I quit. I mean, you know, I quit so many jobs in New York. I was but like, so I'm not smartly, but like strategically, yeah. like it was, you <laughs> like, weren't just like, you right. know what? flip and then table flip. It's oh, like, it no. wasn't like that. Like, yeah, you were like, uh, this is not right for I me. I had another right. job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I, I wanted to table flip at some of those oh, places. tell me but about it. Yes. I, yeah, not, not CMM, but like the other places before that, you know, I just, I hated it, especially like my first agency job. It was toxic. The environment was just terrible. And I hated everyone that worked there. And I remember like I was, I would email with my college professors and I, you know, cause they, I was still in touch with them. I just graduated essentially. And they were, they gave me such good advice. They were just like, it's not you. Yeah. Like if you're telling us these stories, this is a toxic work environment. They clearly targeted you for whatever reason. Like just don't like you. And sometimes that happens and you know, it is what it is. And, and, um, professor Singletary, I don't know if he says he just said Hofstra, but he actually said to me, he's like, get out. And I was like, but my dad says he's like, get out. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Just get out. No one and cares. Also like your mental health is like not worth like staying three more months. I think they worked there for or four more months. I worked there for like seven or eight months, something like that. And I was like, Oh, but one year. And he was like, no, it doesn't matter. No, it You're doesn't like, matter. he's like, no it's one's right. going to judge Who you. Cares? Right. I, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. But I, you know, like I've noticed this in my, Oh, I mean, certainly recently, but like, I've noticed this in my own career history is that you definitely get advice from people that's like, well, every job has its pros and cons. I, I don't want to hear that. Like what I'm talking about, like if like if you're saying stuff like that, you're like, if it really feels gut wrong, then it's probably right. wrong. Like then then the idea yeah. of that upending everything and changing everything. Well, every job does have a, its pros and cons, but like you shouldn't be feeling like you you're being be taken advantage of. You should not be crying every single yeah. day after work, right? Like there's like, yeah, you should. Sure, there's like things that are hard and there's also ebbs and flows with like work life. So like there's yeah. always going to be that, but that's a different sort of thing. I think that is perfection. All right. My last question for you, Jane, who's getting it right? Like, who do you feel like is really getting it right right now? Like, what do you look for when you are looking for real honest communication about whether it's skincare, wellness, beauty, anything like that? Like, what are there, is there something that you're really looking for to see in a, in a brand that you work with or in anyone that you follow? Like, what are you looking for? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think it really depends. Mm -hmm. I think, well, for me personally, beauty and then like wellness and nutrition, it's different because I'm not an expert in that wellness and nutrition world. So I think I I am more of a consumer where like, I'm looking for like just really good content beauty. Like I like seeing what my competitors and my not, not even competitors, but you know, my, I guess colleagues and peers are doing just to kind of see like what the market is on the market. I don't always know, like as a, you know, an influencer slash blogger slash whatever the fuck I am. Yeah. You know, I'm not always, I don't get all the news that like Allura gets. They're right. getting everything. I'm getting right. like a portion of that. So yeah, I think I like reading like Allura New Beauty to kind of see like the new and innovative stuff. And sometimes I'll even like, I'll see, oh, this brand like launched something. Like I'll email them and ask to test it out. I'll be like, oh, I saw this on Allura. Can I you send it that. to me? That's Great. awesome. So yeah. And I think from like the nutrition and sort of wellness worlds, I, I want more of like what you talk about. I want just like honest <sighs> Jame, stuff. That's a you good know, <laughs> And, and I did not pay, simplified. I did, I did not pay Jamie to say that. No, I'm just, no, no. <laughs> but sim- I think simplified right. too, and which is why like TikTok is great because 
you can post up to three minutes now on there, but at the beginning it was like very short clips. So people had to figure out very concise ways to kind of explain some complicated stuff sometimes. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. It's, it's cool. You know, it's its, its own unique just, challenge, but simple yeah. here for the simple simpler is better. Always. It just seems to be always better. Now, maybe not always, but like for the most part, often simpler. Yeah. Yeah. We're simplifying. That's it. James, I love you. That was awesome. I'm so glad that we got the chance to do this. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. Where can people find you? Tell us where we can find you. Thank you for having me on. And and Jackie's dog is like, she's going to fuck up already. Yeah, she's she's staring at me. She's staring at me and barking from her from her bed. She's been quiet the whole time. She's like, Mom, it's time. Okay, Jamie's gotta go live her life. Um, so you can find me, my blog is honestlyjamie.com. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, although I'm not very active on Twitter. Uh, it's Jamie Stone, which is I-T-S-J-A-M-I-E Stone. Oh, and my podcast. Yes, my podcast your podcast. Is a, a little, which is awesome. A little too much with Jamie Stone. Love it. Subscribe immediately. Thank you, Jamie. Love you. Thanks for having me. Love you too. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers.